The European energy system has been under stress since mid-2021, a situation exacerbated by the supply crisis following the invasion of Ukraine. The European Commission consultation on electricity market design is a good opportunity to reflect on the lessons of 20 years of European integration of energy markets and systems. To talk about these lessons and to discuss the Commission's proposed electricity market design reforms, my colleague Patrick talks to Maria Popova, Director for Carbon Neutrality and Renewable Electricity at the European Federation of Energy Traders. I'm Pamela Log. And you're listening to the Energy Transitions Podcast. Welcome to this new energy markets focused episode. My name is Patrick Baudouin. Now that the European Commission has published its proposal for electricity market design reforms, we'd like to discuss what has been proposed and for this, we have invited Maria Popova, Director for Carbon Neutrality and Renewable Electricity at EFED. Thanks for joining our podcast, Maria. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Is this electricity market design proposal what you were expecting? And uh, what is your view of what has been tabled? Maybe I can start by contextualizing a bit my answer where I give you my concrete views on, on the proposal. Um, So I'll start by saying that I I think that the climate crisis, uh, the climate challenge is is basically the the greatest threat that we are currently facing. And uh, we we really need to focus on on addressing it. The events of the last two years, the war in Ukraine uh, is, of course, devastating. Uh, The energy crisis, which has had a a dramatic impact on millions of households and, and businesses, of course, required action. But I think now we also need to focus on a continent-wide decarbonization framework and regulatory stability to restore investor confidence and accelerate our decarbonization efforts. I think that markets have a role to play in the decarbonization process, and the proposal to an extent recognizes this. Uh, but there are also elements which are concerning and, and uh, where I wish that uh, there was greater ambition. So in terms of expectations, I see uh, a clearer direction in the proposal compared to what was there in the consultation document. There were several important elements where the outcome was uh, uncertain and where I think the proposal brought a a degree of relief. That's in particular around the possibility to make uh, revenue caps a permanent feature of the market design and the possibility to extend considerably the scope of CFDs so instruments for the allocation of public financial support, but also for for capping revenues. So I think neither of these would have been particularly uh, helpful. There are also new elements uh, which have been introduced in the proposal, such as the proposal for virtual hubs for forward trading uh, or peak shaving services uh, managed by TSOs, Mm -hmm. which, uh, which are worrying. These proposals don't seem to have a a, a significant empirical backing and could have a a negative effect on market functioning, uh, be it on forward hedging or the competitive uh, development of of demand response. But overall, I do support the approach of of targeted evolution to the electricity market design rather than revolutionary changes, which were also considered uh, at times. And basically, in the current circumstances, uh, it is essential that that the European authorities restore the confidence of 
consumers and investors following the energy supply crisis and, and the wide variety of national level temporary measures aiming to address it. And I think that by focusing on improving the functioning of markets and protecting and empowering consumers, I think the proposal is making the right call. Okay. You already mentioned some of the elements in the proposal. I, I think you have to take us through it a little bit more. So what do you see as the key elements of the of the proposal? Sure. So the proposal does several things. It incentivizes longer term contracting to create a, a buffer between short term markets and electricity bills. It also aims to improve the functioning of short term markets to to, to better integrate renewables, it presents an enhanced role for flexibility, and it also empowers and, and protects consumers. So all of these elements are important in my view. It is important that the, the, that the proposal prioritizes and encourages the growth of PPAs. So PPAs are commercial contracts between a producer and an off-taker, uh, which act as a long-term revenue stabilization for, for producers allowing them to obtain financing and reduce the the cost of capital for their projects. And on the other hand, for off-takers, such contracts, they, they offer long-term price certainty, which helps consumers to hedge the risk of price volatility. So importantly, I think the proposal aims to, to address one of the key barriers to the growth of PPAs, and that's the, the credit risk associated with smaller buyers. It requires member states to ensure the availability of credit guarantees for such off-takers that are finding it difficult to access the PPA market. So that's an important element, I think. The, the proposal also emphasizes the importance of, of improving the functioning of forward markets, which we also support. However, I look quite critically at the proposal for virtual hubs for forward trading, uh, where I'm concerned that this could make hedging on behalf of consumers less efficient and perhaps more, more costly. Thinking you could create liquidity out of thin air in, in virtual hubs that are not backed by economic fundamentals is quite a, a bet. <laughs> and I think we, we can also see that it, it failed, this approach in the Nordic area uh, in the past decade. Yeah, regarding, uh, maybe regarding spot markets and targeted improvements to, to, to these markets, mm -hmm. I think that um, those will be helpful as they try to facilitate trading closer to real time, so in, in the intraday timeframe, which is very important, particularly for renewable energy producers uh, who have much better visibility and, and can optimize assets more efficiently closer to real time. And this is also true for technologies and, and services that will accompany renewables in the energy transition. So storage, uh, demand response, uh, energy conversion, so, yeah, an important element. And then also related to this is the is the emphasis on flexibility as, as the growth of, of flexible carbon-free assets uh, is, is what we basically need to balance the system with, with a lot more intermittent renewables in it. And also what we need to, to overcome our dependence uh, on fossil fuels in, in the electricity uh, generation sector. On this front, I think flexibility assessments will be key because what the crisis has taught us is that flexibility is not only it, it's not just about managing short term intermittency, but also much longer periods of low output, uh, for instance. And then maybe a final po point on empowering uh, and protecting consumers. I think that's very important because first, it's essential to restore confidence 
following the high costs and the damaging uncertainty of the last two years. Second, it, it's important because consumer choice can be an mm -hmm. important driver for decarbonization. And maybe third, it's important because consumers are a necessary source of flexibility in the system, which needs to be used going forward. So maybe yeah. Yeah, that these would be the, the, the highlights from my side. Yeah, I, I wanted to dive a bit deeper into the highlights you mentioned, empowering consumers, flexibility, uh, renewables. So first, uh, renewables, this is something you're focusing on in your in your daily job mainly. Maybe for you, the, the most interesting uh, uh, part, how can the market design facilitate a, a scale up of renewables? I think most importantly, that will be by providing regulatory stability. It is a policy framework that needs to provide a clear decarbonization path. And then the market design is, is what provides the, the, the regulatory stability. And it is the combination of the two that gives investors the, the necessary confidence to, to scale up renewables. So this is crucial given the, the unprecedented scale of the investment that is required to, to reach our decarbonization targets. And then I think the proposal offers some good elements that can help uh, facilitate the scale up of renewables, in particularly uh, the provisions around PPAs, I'd say. You, you already said a large, large portion of renewables means a big need for flexibility. Does the proposal foresee in this and, and what needs to be improved? I, I think the proposal puts due, due emphasis on the need to ensure uh, the system has the level of flexibility that it needs. Mm -hmm. the, the emphasis, however, is on a, on a um, system operators driven kind of command and control management of, of flexibility through capacity mechanisms or flexibility mechanisms. But I think they're important market based mechanisms to foster their growth too, which need to be explored further. That would include removing barriers to the participation of demand-side flexibility in, in different market timeframes where such barriers exist, and, and also exploring possibilities for PPAs, which would offer longer-term revenue certainty for, for such assets. Yeah. Another element you mentioned, engaging consumers. I think that, well, they have been the victims of uh, of the energy crisis and there's a lot of talk about engaging consumers. Uh, do they really have control and influence on the market? So can, can the market ever really empower consumers and how can, can the market do that? Do you think that's possible? Uh, I think that it can and I think that consumer ha consumers have an important role uh, to play in the future decarbonized energy system, first by, by choosing to adapt demand, so through behavioral changes, uh, energy efficiency choices, etc. Through these means, they can help us to, to reduce the overall need for energy. And maybe it's important to note here that the market provides important demand reduction signals. So that's one aspect. Then also consumers can be active participants in the energy market by providing flexibility through demand response uh, to help balance the system with, with a growing share of intermittent generation. And, and also as prosumers, they can benefit from, from having distributed assets or electric vehicles and selling electricity back to the, the grid when, uh, when that's needed. But how to empower them? Mm, I think through more transparency and, and more information. So that's transparency on energy costs, 
on their on, on uh, their consumption uh, and also information about options for for more engagement so yeah. another element would be through the availability of different tariffs including fixed tariffs which would allow for better hedging against price volatility and dynamic tariffs which would allow consumers to benefit from the fact that they are able to change their consumption according to the system needs so yeah more transparency and information greater choice of contractual offers and perhaps also more attentive regulation of retail suppliers uh, can help to empower consumers and i think the commission proposal makes important contributions in this direction and, and these are no regret options which which i think uh, should be implemented and and does the proposal also foresee in um protecting the vulnerable? Well, I, I think certainly targeted measures to protect vulnerable consumers need to be in place. And, mm -hmm. and we've been emphasizing this throughout our communication around the energy crisis um, and, and the related measures. But we believe that social policy tools and, and benefits are more suited to help the most vulnerable uh, to cope because there is only that much that... Uh, that uh, an electricity market design can can do so yeah yeah exactly would be yeah perhaps better better uh, adapted and if we zoom out a little bit our security of supply is still in danger uh, how can market interventions like the one we saw in the past year be avoided by a new by changes to the market design mm -hmm. uh, well the fact that the short-term interventions in response to the, the crisis over the past two years were so numerous and, and so diverse, mm -hmm. uh, actually Acer, uh, they have counted some 439 interventions across Europe. Wow. So this fact has, has had a, a considerable impact on market liquidity and on investor confidence. There have been concerns about investments in renewable energy being affected, uh, and these concerns have been um, expressed repeatedly. So going forward, it would be important to avoid such an uncoordinated response and, and aim to aim for greater coordination and, and harmonization of, of uh, measures. And then on how to avoid the need for such measures, I think the Commission proposal is, is offering some, uh, some mechanisms to this end. First, improving hedging uh, would help us to, to be better protected from future price fluctuations. And, and second, building a more resilient energy system where we focus on renewable energy and flexibility that will decrease our reliance on imported fuels, which would reduce our exposure to, to external shocks. Yeah. And and what are your views on uh, on safeguarding our supply on energy or EFET's views? <laughs> well, through greater market integration and cooperation and, and through scaling up renewables and carbon-free flexibility, so that would include demand response, storage, distributed generation and, and energy conversion, hydrogen, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So, well, in summary, um, well, obviously, EFED is one of the main advocates for the benefits of a liberalized energy market, of course. What has the liberalized energy market achieved in the past year? Well, liberalization and, and I think importantly, electricity market integration have delivered a number of benefits. Um, those include enhanced security of supply by being better able to share resources across borders, more efficient dispatch of renewable energy, 
greater flexibility as cross-border exchanges are, are also important sources of flexibility in the system, greater consumer choice, and, and importantly also cost savings for consumers. In, in a recent report, Acer estimated that market integration is delivering around 34 billion euro per year in, in uh, savings for consumers, which is quite, quite a big number. Yeah, you're right. Well, thank you for your views on uh, on on this proposal. Um, I, I have one last question. How how would you summarize the reaction you you uh, gave to this uh, European Commission proposal? If you have to say it in just uh, a few sentences. Well, there are elements that are positive in the proposal. There are others that are uh, are causing us, uh, um, yeah, are causing some concern, um, and. I think some revisions are necessary uh, to alleviate uh, consumer concerns and, and strengthen investor confidence. And uh, yeah, because the important thing is to put us back firmly on the decarbonization path. Maria, thank you so much for recording this podcast with us. It was a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast brought to you by Enlit and Friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.